Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Hello and welcome to the Alabama AgCast. This is Mike Moody with the Communications Department, and today we've got a very special guest, our own Grayson Bench. She is the Beef Division Director, and today we're going to talk about a hot topic in Congress right now, the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act. Grayson, hello and welcome. Hey, thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to get on here and talk about this topic specifically because it is definitely a very popular conversation among cattle producers across the United States right now. So you may or may not have heard of it at this point. As Mike said, it is being discussed in Congress currently, and it's also being discussed across the board in multiple different associations, organizations, um, you name it, that are involved in the cattle industry in the U.S. So what is the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act? Well, I think first we kind of have to backpedal and at least understand what they're proposing the issue to be. And so um, what they're saying is that right now there's a there's a big challenge facing the cattle industry in regards to the declining number of participants in the negotiated cash cattle market. And so in order for them to have a more robust price discovery that provides definitely more accurate information about market dynamics within our supply chain, they're saying we need to have a more competitive cash market with multiple multiple price discovery points. And so that's kind of the issue that is trying to be solved here with the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act. And we'll definitely hit on the transparency part because that's an issue at hand that I think everybody is familiar with is how do we enable more transparency in the cattle industry with the packers, with the producers, whatever it looks like, there needs to be more transparency. We all know that the USDA, uh, on their website, uh, they have a program called the Livestock Mandatory Reporting Program, and it was developed to facilitate open, transparent price discovery uh, and provide all market participants, both large and small, with comparable levels of market information. Uh, If that is the existing program to establish market price, what is this new legislation going to do that's not already being done in the current policy? So I think what this legislation's goal is, is to just further enhance clarity around what that transparency looks like. So transparency is definitely the hot word amongst this legislation. And we could say that the proposal is broken into four parts, essentially. We'll run through those, but three of the four parts are not much different from what we're already experiencing. They're just creating a more strict criteria in terms of following them. And so I can run through the points and then we can talk more about them in detail. But basically what the first point of this proposed legislation is introducing is what we already talked about. It is introducing a concept that there's minimum thresholds of negotiated cash value trading in the market um, and also still balancing out with negotiated grid trades based on each region's uh, average trade and kind of working with the numbers depending on where they're out in the country, but essentially increasing the amount of cattle that are traded on a cash value basis. The next three parts are something we've seen before and we're just getting a little bit tighter with what the restrictions around those look like. So the second part of this proposal is creating a publicly available library of marketing contracts between the packers and the producers. So we want to be able to see what is going on between packers and producers. 
The third part is going to prohibit the USDA from using confidentiality as a justification for not reporting. And it's really making clear that the USDA must report all livestock mandatory reporting information. So up to this point, I think there's been a little bit of lack of accountability being held around this concept. And what this third topic is saying is it's just saying no longer can we make excuses around confidentiality. We need to see the information and kind of following into that fourth part, this information needs to be provided in a timely manner. So the fourth part states exactly that we've got to require more timely reporting of cattle carcass weights, as well as requiring the packer to report the number of cattle that are going to be scheduled for slaughter each day for the next 14 days. So we want routine, timely reporting of what's going on um, so we can really figure out what the numbers look like and what the markets are authentically doing. So how will this legislation affect consumers and farmers? Yeah, so I think there's so many different ways to look at it. And as our general audience, probably being more so producers, farmers, and ranchers, what they're thinking about is maybe they feel like they're not making as much money in the equation, whereas the packer is making the most money. And so this is in an effort to not only increase the transparency that we see so the producer can potentially benefit from this, but we also want the consumer to also benefit however we approach this concept. And so um, yes, we could see price differences, but I wouldn't say that that is necessarily the goal of this policy right. that's been introduced. The goal of this policy that's been introduced is how can we create transparency? We talk about the big four all the time. There's there's some really big packers in the country that kind of dominate the market. How can we produce this transparency, enhance this transparency in an effort to really, really help our producers, our farmers and our ranchers and enable them to be more lucrative in their businesses as well? Grayson, as we focus in on this legislation, what is the motivation of the bill? Yeah, I think to sum it up in short, um, this is a bipartisan agreement that's coming from four senators, but it's largely driven by Deb Fisher, a Republican out of Nebraska, and Chuck Grassley, a Republican out of Iowa. And what they're saying is that basically we've seen a huge decrease in cash trading. So from 2005 to 2018 alone, there's been a 40% decrease in cash sales in the Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico cattle region, which we know a ton of cattle come out of that area. Um, Meanwhile, in the Iowa and Minnesota region, transactions in the cash market have dropped only 16% during that same time period. So that just emphasizes why they're wanting to put minimum thresholds on different regions. Those thresholds would look differently. But essentially what they're trying to express is they believe that absent government intervention or any way in general to enforce this voluntary approach, cash market volumes are really unlikely to return on their own. Uh, good information to know. Let's take a quick break and then we'll kind of bring it a little closer to home to see what, if any, effect there might be to our farmers in Alabama. It's never a dull day on the farm, especially when your day starts before the sun comes up. We're Alabama Ag Credit. And while some don't get it, we do. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. We're back on the Alabama AgCast with Grayson Bench, and we've been talking about the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act. I have to keep reading that because I haven't committed it to memory yet. (laughs) But uh, as we move a little closer to home, how will this act affect Alabama farmers? Yeah, so I think from the southeast, we have a unique perspective here because we're not in the Midwest and we're not in the West where we're seeing a lot of those cattle um, being finished and going through their endpoints. So we don't have packers around here. In fact, we're lacking in that. Um, But our niche is really just raising those calves and then selling them at weaning. And right now, that's where the southeastern farmer really kind of gears their business for the most part. 
So this is going to affect us a bit differently in the southeast versus where where it will in different parts of the country. So while there's a lot of emphasis on the southeast on raising calves, weaning them, and either selling them at weaning or backgrounding them, and then selling them up to the Midwest or the West, um, we're not putting as much emphasis and focus on finishing out cattle and having them slaughtered down here because we don't have those resources um, to kill large numbers of cattle. And so this bill isn't necessarily going to impact us in the same way. I think the important place to kind of look at this is where the government involvement sits um, and what it kind of enables in the future. And so we absolutely, as an industry, would love to see more authenticity and integrity and reporting when it comes to the cattle markets. But with that, if we enable the government to mandate certain minimum thresholds within the cattle markets, what does that mean to follow? Um, if they get a mandate here, then then what can they do with that long term? And so, so I think what's important here is that you as the farmers and the ranchers and the producers really just keep an eye on where this where this policy goes in the near future um, and, and kind of just forming your own opinion on it. This is a bipartisan agreement that was introduced by four different senators. Um, so both parties are working on reaching an agreement and, and passing this bill. And so I think it'll be interesting to see where it goes, but we'll provide plenty of notes um, down below for you to get more information. Drovers specifically has provided me a ton of educational materials on this concept. And so stay tuned for more information coming from us, but I encourage you to do your own research as well. Grayson, thank you so much for being our guest today. Please check the show notes and stay tuned for the wrap up with Blake Thaxton. And now, your weekly AgCast wrap-up. Hi, everyone. This is Blake Thaxton, Director of Greenhouse, Nursery, and Sod Division at the Alabama Farmers Federation. Labor is a major challenge as we enter 2022 throughout all industries across the United States. This is not a new challenge for horticulture industries that rely heavily on hand labor. Recently, the Department of Labor published the 2022 Hourly Adverse Effect Wage Rate for the H-2A program. The H-2A program provides lawful admission of foreign workers for temporary agricultural employment. Along with paying the H-2A workers a special rate referred to as the adverse effect wage rate, their employer must also provide housing and transportation from the housing to the job site along with other requirements for employers to utilize the program. The 2022 hourly adverse effect wage rate for Alabama is $11.99, which is the lowest in the nation with Georgia and South Carolina. The 2021 hourly rate for Alabama was $11.81. Along with the 2021 adverse effect wage rate being released, there is also a proposal for the Department of Labor to amend the methodology by which it determines the hourly adverse effect wage rate. Currently, the USDA Farm Labor Survey is utilized to determine these rates. If you wish to make comment, you can find a link in the show notes with more information. The comments must be in by January 31, 2022. Again, I am Blake Thaxon, and that will wrap up this week, and we look forward to being with you next time. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.